Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. One of the most insane headlines that I saw today from uh, The Independent in the UK is that the U.S. federal gang is considering sanctioning not Russia, but now India. What? For Russia's actions? So apparently the U.N. had themselves a vote recently regarding the Ukraine situation. Mm. And in that vote... Apparently, the India government representatives abstained from the vote on the U.N. General Assembly resolution to condemn the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's funny, because when I saw that, I thought if I was one of them voting, not that I'd ever be a government official in the U.N. voting. But if I was, I would just abstain from that ridiculous vote. They didn't take a position. Hmm. They simply said, you know what, we're just going to step away from this. Uh, even you know what I heard the other day too is that Switzerland has finally stopped being neutral mm. after however many you know I don't know well, decades. I also saw that like thirty countries remained or abstained. Oh really? Or maybe like twenty, but there were some that voted against it, mm-hmm. and then like at least twenty or thirty that abstained. Did you see that the Washington Post called this right at the beginning the first crypto war? No. And I clicked on that just to see what the heck they meant by that. And it just said, because it's the first war where people will use cryptocurrency to still spend money when their bank accounts get frozen and stuff like that. And I was just like, what a weird thing. Why would you call it a crypto war? That makes it sound like it's a war over crypto. Yeah, it's definitely not that. At the same time, uh, the Ukrainian government gang has been putting up cryptocurrency addresses for people to donate. And as of yesterday, it's probably a lot more by now, but as of yesterday, they had over $200 million worth of Bitcoin that had been uh, donated, apparently. And that's ridiculous. It's insane. I can't imagine giving uh, any government cryptocurrency. Right. You know they're going to use it to just kill people. Right. They're going to kill people with this money. They're going to enslave people. They're going to draft people. But anyway, as he points out in this story at the Future Freedom Foundation, Hornberger writes that never mind that some protesters are likely to get killed or that a revolution will mean thousands of deaths. Because remember, the idea purportedly behind sanctions is to get people to revolt and overthrow the government. Hmm. But that doesn't matter to the U.S. officials. What matters is the political goal they're striving to achieve with their sanctions. Well... Nobody revolted when the economy was the worst, you know, it's been in years and people couldn't work or... No. So I finally joined social.freetalklive.com and I kind of expected it to be a little like the Discord, but I've shared a lot of stuff and didn't get many replies. So I don't really know how it works, but it's been it's been interesting so far to try to figure it out. I just wanted to say real quick on that. Um, if you just go to social.freetalklive.com, it just brings up like a sign-up page. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see what it looks like before you sign up for it, it would actually be social.freetalklive.com slash the at symbol, FTL, if people just mm. want to look at it. I just wanted to throw that out. Cause yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, for a long time I didn't sign up because I was just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> 
Ah, that's a good point. Uh, there are, I don't know how many active users on the site, but there are, you know, it's not a huge site. There's not a ton of uh, ton of people on it. I think there's only several hundred people that have signed up, and some amount of that is uh, spammers that we've had to delete their accounts. I think a lot of it is following other people, so that way that they'll follow you back, and then they'll see your posts. Otherwise, well, they might not see you can it. see the posts of the whole site if you click on the local uh, page that just shows oh, every yeah. single post that's that's coming any from anyone on the entire site so yeah there is a little learning curve there it does take a little bit of exploring but it's really a lot like twitter so if you have used twitter before then you'll find it to be very familiar um, if you if you're new to twitter if you never used it before then yeah it'll definitely be a little bit of a learning curve but uh, check it out it's social.freetalklive.com when you hear about freezing bank accounts of the Canadians and things like that, it's just like there's no links these people won't go to. Like, I feel like if that, that didn't stop people, they would have no problems in bombing one of our own cities. And, and just, I, I just don't, I mean... Yeah, if it justified war, you, uh, you better believe it. If they wanted to go to war and they felt like they didn't have a good excuse that's going to persuade the american people like weapons, <laughs> like or weapons of mass destruction or whatever their you know their boogeyman is then i wouldn't put it past them i think they absolutely would bomb their own people I think as they did. a false flag to do that olivia um anything I, else you want to share think, tonight well i don't think it would even be a false flag well in wellington in new zealand they actually set protest. They had, they had protesters had a a tent, like a tent. I wouldn't say city, but they had set up tents because they were protesting long term, and they just set them on fire. They created like this firestorm. And it's, I mean, how much further? If people say people refuse to the draft to go to uh, to go to war or something, I mean, they could just start. Maybe maybe just. I don't know, killing people. I really don't know where this stops. I mean, if they're, if they're willing to to assassinate leaders of foreign countries for not taking loans mm-hmm. that are that are clearly usurious, I don't know where it would stop. It won't. It wouldn't stop. I mean, these people are power sick freaks. And you had something about Pi Day you wanted to announce? Well, yes. As you know, I am a mathematician and engineer. So Pi Day, um, as you know, is Pi is 3.14 approximately. And one of the things we engineers do to entertain ourselves to sort of try and show who knows more Pi or digits of E or any other random constant. And we try to memorize 50 to 100 digits just to show off. <laughs> so um, this is one thing that I usually do. And I mention this because March 14th this year is Pi Day. It's always Pi Day. It's always Pi Day every March 14th, (laughs) but uh, Pi is approximately equal to 3.14159265358979323846264338327950288419716939375105820582097494444. Were you Did checking I, it right there, Bonnie? Yep, I was checking his work. <laughs> yep. I googled it. He nailed it. Yep. Okay. And so, how many digits was that? I think it's like seventy or so. Wow. You know what James, my husband, said when I did that to him? He said, "That's not a hundred. And I said, "Honey, I didn't know I needed to memorize a hundred digits of pi to prove my undying love for you." <laughs> I'm divorcing That's only 70. you. <laughs> well, I point this out because it's like push-ups. You know, mm-hmm. how many push-ups can you do? And I don't care if you can do five or one or ten. I just want to know how many you can do, and then how many do you think you could do if you trained for a year doing push-ups all day? How many consecutive push-ups do you think you can do? And I think that's a wonderful thing you can do for the mind. TJ, isn't it a hard decision to choose who, which boat to ride, your husband of six years or Ian? <sighs> 
you know, there are so many wonderful things I like about both, and I look forward <laughs> to seeing how your guys' relationship develops over the coming years. I hope it's fruitful and successful. I know it'll be interesting because I've known Ian for a long time, and nothing boring ever happens with him. <laughs> it's, you know, I just figure, like, maybe, you know, I, if I were married to Ian, it's like, honey, can we just go out for ice cream? Instead, do we have to get raided by the FBI every six months or five years, or do we have to have the postal inspectors? It's really annoying. The, I know it, it is. is. It's it, and I thought you would have just sto- you know why not just tick off the FBI Ian? Why do you got to bring in the IRS, the ATF, <laughs> the postal, postal inspectors? Yeah. I'm next. You're going to have Bureau of Land Management. They're going to be arresting you for illegal cattle grazing in your backyard. <laughs> you know you didn't pay your cattle ranching fees like the Bundys did. But you're actually here to uh, head to the Liberty Forum this weekend. Uh, right? That is correct. Tomorrow is start of Liberty Forum. That's right. Yeah, they do an evening thing on Friday, so there's not a Are whole going lot tomorrow? going on. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. So we're not going tomorrow. You're staying at the hotel out there? Oh, yeah. I'm staying at the Best Western in, uh, I think it's Manchester? Yeah, it's the Best Western Plus. It's out by the airport. By the way, this event is a sold-out event. Liberty Forum, I don't think... I think the last time they sold out was when Ron Paul spoke in, like, 2007 or 8 or something like that. Is that when he signed the Shire Society Declaration? No, that was years later. You know what would really be awesome? You know how these Ukrainians are fighting back against the Russians? troops that are and forces that are advancing and they're slowing down the russians is if the ukrainians kick the russians butts and the russians get kicked out of ukraine and then all these russian freedom fighters from age what 16 up to age 60 and they don't have the ladies around so they say hey why stop with the russian forces what about the ukrainian government I don't know much about the Ukrainian government myself, but if they're like most countries, there's all kinds of nasty drug laws and uh, collecting school taxes and forcing children to attend school so they can learn all about how lucky they are to live in a free country, you know, kind of like they do in a lot of countries. Uh, In the United States, it's everything from agricultural subsidies to zoning variances. What if they just say... Uh, like the Twisted Sister song, we're not going to take it. And they fight back against the Ukrainian government, and they establish a libertarian paradise in Ukraine, and then much the way... Well, the that American is a Revolution- silly fantasy. It because- is because Ukraine is losing already. Well, I mean, it's hard to know what the truth is, Bonnie, as far as who's winning or losing. I'm convinced that New Hampshire is the freest place on the planet as far as, you know, states are concerned. Obviously, it's still has a state and it's still part of the united states so we need to rectify those situations Hmm. and uh secede as quickly as possible from the united states which i've been saying for many many years um and and more people are now talking about peaceful secession than ever before but when you look at the uh fraser very same institute here fraser institute which is based i believe in canada they do a yearly freedom uh, economic freedom study, not just of the world, but they also do a North American freedom study. And guess which state slash province is number one? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, it's number one. Uh, and that's out of all of can- uh, Canadian provinces, U.S. states, and Mexican uh, states. Wow. New Hampshire is the number one most economically free and of the world, right? Well, the problem with the Fraser Institute study is the economic freedom of the world study is separate from the North American study. So when it comes to the economic freedom of the world study, they only look at the United States as a whole. They don't look at 
New Hampshire. Is the United States as a whole number one? No. The United Whoa. States is number six. What's number one? Uh, Hong Kong. Still, even though China took it over in the late 90s, uh, it hasn't completely, you know, snuffed out. Just economic freedom, though, right? I don't know where this came from, but there seems to be a a hatred of the rich. Because they have too much. Too much money that they didn't earn. Or that they stole. The only way rich people got to be rich is by stealing it from the poor people somehow. Yeah, somebody said that recently that they said. That the only thing they don't like about billionaires is you... Well, one thing I, I will agree with is that in America, with with the corporate cronies, it may be true that to become a billionaire, you have to be doing things that are somewhat immoral to a libertarian. I don't well, know. A lot of them are to, tied in true. with the government. And yeah, because you have to be, you know, you know, you have to ask the government for permission and stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't make me feel like they owe, I owe them something. It just makes me say I want to use cryptocurrency and- or the state will uh prohibit competition from these cronies they they won't allow you know upstarts and innovators to enter an industry yeah i think it was aria that brought up that point and it's kind of a good point but it doesn't make me think that they should be i don't know well, as far as where it came from, TJ, that's an excellent question. Where did the hatred of, of the rich? The I mean, because it's just straight jealousy, right? I mean, well, yeah, I understand. There's level. always been there's always been Indeed. the haves and the have lessers, mm-hmm. or the have mores and the have lessers, and there's always been this like hatred of of the the rich people look down on the poor, and the poor people hate the rich for being rich. For, I, I just don't know why, because for me, I'm poor, but that's by choice. I think it's just there's a natural ingrained jealousy of people who have more i think that's just something that the politicians play off of Mm. even though the politicians themselves are the one percent yes people ignore that people just ignore that for some reason it's like uh sarah from new mexico she ignores that uh that preacher she loves i think joyce meyer is a millionaire Uh multi-millionaire probably right um because even though she's a communist sarah is a communist she doesn't mind joyce meyer being a multi-millionaire because she, I don't even know. Sarah's I can't a total remember. hypocrite. I mean, that's the because. Well, communists are really, you know, they boy, they all talk about being for the common poor and working man. But when they get a, like the Black Lives Matter, when they got that mansion, I saw woo wee. I just said, you know, I want to start an activist group and get a lot of money and, and just sell out. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, unfortunately, activism usually doesn't lead to uh, to a lot big, of money. Big pain gig, yeah. Uh, but back to the story here from Jacob Hornberger at the Future of Freedom Foundation. He's talking about the uh, sanctions against people. What does it actually mean? Well, it turns out it actually hurts the average person. And the idea, at least according to the government advocates, is that, oh, well, if you hurt the people of Russia where it hurts, like hit them in the pocketbook, the sanctions, then they'll overthrow the government, even though there's no evidence that that really ever happens. Uh, He goes on, he says, the first thing that must be recognized is the fundamental evil of targeting innocent people with death and impoverishment as a way to achieve a political goal. Isn't that why we condemn terrorism? The word sanction doesn't sound very serious. It doesn't sound evil. Right. Oh, we're just sanctioning uh, the right. And then when they go further, they'll say, oh, no, we're only targeting the the elites. We're only targeting Putin and his buddies. We're only going after the biggest and the worst Russian banks. That's it. That's all. But that's not it. 
because sanctions absolutely affect the average people. As we've been seeing, people have been shut off from their YouTube payments. People have been shut off from uh, OnlyFans payments. And those are just two examples that I've seen. <laughs> not uh, OnlyFans. Well, whether you like it or not, people make money on OnlyFans. And a lot of people have been able to quit their job. And I imagine some jobs in Russia really suck. <laughs> and these people have managed to, because they're pretty or whatever, they've been able to make some money and, and make it directly, or at least close to directly. They're still the intermediary because they haven't gone to a completely crypto uh, setup yet. So you still have to rely on this centralized company, in the case of YouTube or OnlyFans or whatever, to pay you. Well, all of a sudden, these companies aren't doing that. And you can thank the sanctions for that. But there's more here from uh, Jacob Hornberger. He points out that the sanctions have never achieved what they are intending to achieve, supposedly. When you, when you listen to the politicians pitch it, it's like, oh, well, if we punish the people enough, they'll overthrow their government. A few days into the, the People's Convoy, so there's Freedom Convoy 2022, uh, which was supposed to happen uh, in D.C., was supposed to end in D.C. on May 1st. And then there's the People's Convoy, which is supposed to end in D.C. on May 5th. Well, a few days into the People's Convoy, this other guy from Maryland announces, we're, we're wrapping up the Freedom Convoy. It's, it's melding into the People's Convoy. So he called hmm. it quits, basically, on the Freedom Convoy. But he said, come to D.C. on the 1st. I'll still be here. He's going to have a, uh, like, he's got a permanent gathering he was going to have on the National Mall or something like that. And just, like, like give that. a speech. And give, you know, an open mic or speeches or whatever. There was video that came out from Ford Fisher, and this guy is a libertarian, voluntarist, you know, anarchist uh, news guy. He's like an independent journalist. He gets himself into some really sticky situations. He'll he'll be up versus Antifa. And where is the, he from? The Proud Boys and stuff. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from like Boston or something like that. But he he makes his way around. And anyway, he was in D.C. and he attended what was supposed to be this big protest. Wherever it was, I don't know if it was the National Mall or wherever it was, but he had a he had a permit. This guy had a permit. This organizer had a permit for it. He was literally the only one there. There were a few people from the mainstream media, but as far as actual protest attendees, there was virtually no one. I can't believe nobody fell for that Fed's trap. Remember in elementary school, you had that uh, parachute where you'd lift the parachute up and like the whole class would go under the parachute. Did you guys do this? In, I did. You know, did yes, you? vaguely. Yeah. Like a, uh, every like primary color. Yeah. Kind of. Imagine that parachute, but a humongous American flag <laughs> and a hundred times larger. Oh my god! This thing is—I don't even know how you you have a flag this large. It's it's incredible. I've seen the uh, the images of this, of uh, in video of people like holding on to this flag at a truck stop last night. I thought that it was up on a crane. It may have been on a crane at some point. But I don't know if we're talking about the same flag, but I saw a huge flag. How big is it? I don't know. I, I'm going to have to pull up an, another image of this and get, like, the trucks look small in comparison to this flag. Oh, wow. So I, it's just an incredibly large uh, piece of cloth. So this thing's real, and there are thousands, what appear to be thousands of people that are at these truck stops every single night, supporters coming out. Um, how many of them will finally be there on the end of this journey in Washington, D.C. remains to be seen. Uh, but we're definitely going to keep our eyes on this. They have a website. It's thepeoplesconvoy.org. You can go there. Uh, the Facebook group that they have is active. They're posting videos every single day of uh, of what's going on there. So check that out. Keep an eye on this. The mainstream media is probably ignoring uh, still, what's happening there, but at some point, they're not going to be able to ignore this. TJ, you might be able to see 
the image of this uh, flag. And you can see it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine trucks in width. I'm interested in, um, I've never done this before. I, I kind of want to, was interested in living in a trailer park or getting like a Winnebago or something like that. And I'm, I'm sure you probably know people that do that sort of thing, but I'm at a loss. I'm having, I'm having a, a lot of difficulty finding a place like that. Or how to go through that process. Something like vanlife.com or something where you, because I know there's a huge, uh, they actually made a movie of it. It's called Nomad's Land or something where they actually uh, made a movie about these people who just, uh, they work at the Amazon warehouses, mm-hmm. but they don't have any permanent home. They sleep in their vehicles and they go from Amazon warehouse to Amazon warehouse to wow. fill up, pick up labor. Well, I have some mm-hmm. questions. I mean, I personally have never lived in a trailer park, yeah. but I, I've I've had friends who have done that. So, I mean, I have some ancillary experience uh, in this area. I guess some important questions are... You, what you've described so far, Eamon, are two very different lifestyles, right? There's the RVer lifestyle of being mobile and being able to pick up in a moment and go anywhere else uh, that you can drive to and then set down there. And then there's the trailer park lifestyle of those things aren't very mobile. I mean, they're called mobile homes, but yeah. some of those things, once you set them down for a while, you try to move them, they're not going to go anywhere. They're rusted or there's problems. Yeah. I know that when I lived in a trailer park when I first moved back to Texas in 2018 that they always had a homeowners association, uh, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't someone who could go to one, only like my roommate who owned the trailer, and it was like always fights and stuff like that. Oh yeah, trashy. Very trashy. So, I don't know, did we answer your question at all? Did we give you some good advice, hopefully? Yeah, that that, that is pretty good advice. Well, see, I've never actually... I don't know anybody myself that's a, that's ever lived that, but I like I love going to like music festivals and I love the whole like living in a tent or in, living in like a one of those communities like that. You should it's build really a yurt or a dome. If you love music festivals, you're gonna want to have something mobile. Oh I mean, well, that's just, uh, did you mean you yeah. want to travel from music festival to music festival, or just you like that feel? I like the, I like the feel of living in like a tiny little house, but living in close proximity to like a, a bunch of people and all of that. We have friends and that like, have dome houses and friends that have a yurt. Those aren't particularly mobile. Uh, dome houses and yurts are, you know, cool for the people that are into them. Yeah, but he said he's but, not really like looking to be mobile. He just likes the feel of like living among. Maybe, maybe but you, you like can going find to, people. You like going to music festivals, though. You said. Yeah. The SWIFT banking system recently banned Russia, um, and Russia has, like, their own new system, um, and so there's a threat that they could dump U.S. dollars. Um, and if the U.S. dollar gets dumped, then, our, then U.S. Fed Reserve notes become worthless. <laughs> well, more worthless than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um so that pushes me into an interest of crypto. My question is, what is crypto backed by? Like we say it has a value of X, oh. but where, where does that value come from? Uh, that's actually a very good question. So first of all, I will illuminate and say Bitcoin is 
at its base, mathematical. It's a solution to a mathematical equation. That's all it is. Your private key, it's a 256-bit integer that you know that allows you to sign transactions and spend your Bitcoin. But the true answer is, like, why is it wor- – what is it worth? It comes strictly because that's what people are willing to pay for it. There's no government forcing people to buy Bitcoin. Nobody's being forced to use Bitcoin. There's just a market clearing price that if you want to buy one Bitcoin right now, it's going to set you back about forty grand. Yeah, about forty one thousand dollars today, which is down from uh, forty four a couple days ago. A couple so days ago, it's on so it sale. Goes, it but goes, just for any beginners listening, you can still buy a piece of one Bitcoin. Its value is certainly based on the perception of people, but it's also. The reason why people perceive it as value isn't just because, oh, this is cool. No, it's because Bitcoin does what it says it's going to do, which is allows people to transfer value from one person to another across an entire planet, if necessary, in a matter of a moment. And it does it securely, and it does it in a way that basically cannot be hacked. And And that is worth something. What that something is worth is, again, up to the market. I mean, Bitcoin has done something amazing for money, and that is it's made the cost to store money practically zero. All you need is a thumb drive, and you can store your wallet on a thumb drive or your phone. Mm -hmm. Or in your brain. Instead of having to build a safe or a bank vault to store all your gold and silver or your your cash. And possibly have it seized seized by a criminal enterprise. With Bitcoin... Uh, it's protected by cryptographic mathematics, so the government can't seize it without your password. If you don't give them your private key, they can't take your Bitcoin. And this is why what, why they hate it. And the second thing is no government controls it. It's all math, and it's voluntary, so nobody's being forced at gunpoint. That's the thing. In the United States, if I run a business, I am required to accept U.S. dollars by law. 3, 3.30 at the moment. Wow. I'm going to the, to the border... Uh, with Ukraine mm-hmm. to pick up some refugees. Wow. Okay. And yeah, the yeah the situation is very dynamic here. Uh, overall, through this week, I believe there was half a million people that arrived in Poland, and the Polish people really uh, helped. They they drive as as I do uh, to the border. They take people. They they provide housing and. I can tell you that as a libertarian, this is very building for me, you know, because I see, you know, people can help each other without any government. Now, is the government in Poland um, getting in the way of any of the refugees, or are they actually allowing people to come over without a ton of paperwork and hoop jumping? What's, is there a process and, and what's it like? Yeah, so I would say it's pretty easy now. So they removed a lot of restrictions, including, by the way, the quarantine and uh, the COVID passport. You don't need that at all now uh, for the Ukrainians. (laughs) They just need a a stamp or a passport, any kind of identification. And uh, also for the kids, you know, because the younger kids, they don't have any documents. Mm -hmm. So they are letting them through with the parents. So so it's pretty easy. What if you don't have a passport? What if... What if you you just have like a Ukrainian ID card or a driver's license? That's fine. Two weeks ago, you would have to have the vaccination or take the test prior to coming, and if not, then you got on the quarantine. But that that's changed for everyone now, uh, but specifically 
for for the Ukrainians, uh, mm. no, no restriction of that required. Yeah, as well, it's good timing that the COVID just happened to wrap up right in time for the war. Well, he says, yeah, yeah. He says nothing not for Polish people. Nothing on the news anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say, not for it's Polish about- people? Oh. Bonnie says you said not for Polish people, so Polish people still have to have the passport? Uh, no, no, no. We we didn't get to the point where you had to have passport. There were some small yeah. restrictions like limited number of people without the passport in cinema or something, but no one mm. was really taking that into account. Okay, good. Uh, you know, nice. Oh, plus in, the, in Ukraine, uh, I've seen numbers that only 35% have uh, been vaccinated in Ukraine. What uh, What's the uh, yeah. obedience rate there in Poland? How many people got the got the shot? Uh, I would say 56, 57%, okay. something around that. It's about half. So l- let's talk more about rescuing uh, these Ukrainians uh, from the border you're heading there right now. It's the middle of the night. This is, uh, I presume this is not your first trip down there? Yes. Actually, I went on Saturday. Uh, that was very fresh. There was a lot of chaos. No one knew how many people were. And actually, just the turnaround was so great that I was waiting like four hours outside. It was freezing cold. Mm. And I wasn't able to pick up anyone because there were so many people waiting to help. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.